Hey guys, it's Keon, and today I'm going to cover some more hot takes because the last time I made a video like this, I had a good time. I really enjoyed making it, and I also enjoyed seeing everybody's opinions, whether I agreed with them or disagreed with them. It's nice to see different points and just overall conversation about MMA. So I want to make more videos like this, and I gotta say, today's hot take video is not just going to be a hot take video, it's a spicy take video. Like, this is gonna be crazy but i like to hear everyone's opinions about it so let's get to the first question hot take mma fans are a little racist against black fighters <sighs> i gotta agree with this and this is very apparent when we talk about tyron woodley former ufc welterweight champion and a fighter who i think out of any fighter that's ever fought in the UFC has been very vocal about his mistreatment as a black MMA fighter fighting for the UFC. And because of it, he received a lot of backlash. People right away were saying he's pulling out the race card, he's trying to play victim, this and that. And I think Tyron being so vocal about this is a big reason and a big example as to why I believe the MMA fan base could be a little racist. Because, for example, if this happened in other sports leagues, organizations such as the NBA, the NFL, the fan base will be more in tune with it. They will listen to it more, talk about it more, and actually give the athlete their time of day in regards to what they're trying to say, especially if it's about something like race. But in MMA, specifically the UFC, they just shut them down right away. And honestly, I feel like a lot about this is due to the fact that the UFC doesn't really make it a point to talk about it. They like to shy away from things like this because it's too serious for them. Whether it was Tyron talking about race. They didn't want to talk about it as well. We had Dana talk about it at one point. He said, we're not a politically correct promotion. We don't deal with that kind of stuff here. When Joe Rogan said the N-word on his podcast, the UFC didn't make a comment. And see, that's the thing. I'm not even trying to say we should cancel Joe Rogan. He should get fired from his job. But the UFC did very little to basically nothing in regards to making a statement about it and bringing awareness about it as to why it's wrong and because the promotion doesn't do that the fan base is going to follow along at least most of them and they're going to say you know what you're right this isn't a big deal we shouldn't make it a big deal but it is and i think there's a dynamic that's been created between the UFC and the fan base in regards to being a little racist. That's what I see personally. And look, there are a ton of examples I could bring up to this. I feel like one of the primary examples that people would bring up in the comments is that one of the most favorite favored fighters of all time or fan favorite fighters of all time is Anderson Silva, John Jones, people love these guys. But that's the thing. Black MMA fighters are only able to get that 
recognition once they reach the highest of the highs. So John Jones, Anderson Silva had to be the very best for a very long time in order for them to get that respect. But even then, they still received disrespect. And I'm not talking about John Jones with all the things that he does outside of the cage. I'm talking about inside of it. If he doesn't, if he doesn't perform well in a fight, people are going to turn on him. Same with Anderson Silva. After that Damian Maya fight, so many people hated on him. And it just goes to show even just one minor mistake from these guys, the fan base turns on them immediately. And even when a black fighter does reach these heights, such as a Demetrius Johnson and Kamaru Usman, those two guys still did not receive the recognition they deserved, in my opinion. And for Kamaru's case, he received a ton of hate that I thought was very unnecessary. So those are prime examples of fighters reaching the top, black fighters reaching the top and not being recognized for it. But then we also have an example like Israel Adesanya. People loved him when he was on his come up. But then when he became the champion, started having some boring fights, boring performances, people started to hate him. It sounds very similar to George St. Pierre, in my opinion, but I have to admit, in comparison to the amount of negative feedback those two got, I think Israel received way more than George. Because for George, people easily forgot it by his next fight and were looking forward to see him fight again. With Israel, people had deep anger and hatred for him. Another example, Francis Ngannou. This guy being described for his power. Hits like a Ford F1 whatever. And he's a freak athlete. How come he can't be described as a smart fighter who's very technical, trains hard, knows the fundamentals well? We saw that in his fight against Cyril Ghosn. How come that's not being spoken about? How come he has to be this freak show type of fighter in order for him to get promoted? And then the moment he starts talking back to the UFC in regards to, I want fair rights for fighters and fair pay for fighters, the UFC paints him as a diva. The moment he starts trash talking or just talking back, it's, oh, he's cocky, he's arrogant. Meanwhile, if a white fighter does it, oh, he's talking back, he's courageous. What an alpha male this guy is. And another example of this trash talking is Leon Edwards and Darren Till. Two very similar fighters both strikers both from England one is white one is black and the white guy was always talking a lot of trash Leon was actually very respectful but look at the trajectory of both of their careers look how much more fame Darren received in comparison to Leon Leon didn't even receive any of that respect until 
he became the champion. So trash talking for black MMA fighters never goes well for them. Another example, Aljamain Sterling. The guy is basically forced to be a villain, even though he really didn't do anything wrong. This is a guy I loved on his come up, beating everyone in his way very impressively that win against Corey Sandhagen. I thought, man, this guy deserves all the recognition in the world. But the only way he was able to get that was for him to become the villain. When the disqualification wasn't his fault whatsoever. And then he beats Piotr for a second time. People are like, Piotr should have won that. Beats TJ Dillashaw. TJ was injured. There's no winning for Aljamain Sterling. So, he is a prime example, in my opinion, of black fighters have a hard time becoming the hero in this sport. It's very easy for their mistakes to get to the top in front of everyone's eyes for the MMA fan base. And it's just not fair, and it really makes me wish that Dana White was more passionate in defending this like he was in defending fighter pay. And I know already a lot of people are gonna be like, man, you're wrong. You're trying to make something out of nothing. This is how I see it. And if you disagree, I'd like to see your reasons down below. The next hot take is behind Francis, Sergei Pavlovich is the next best heavyweight in the world. I gotta agree with this. And I discussed this before. Uh, I said, Francis, if he was to continue fighting in the UFC, his hardest fights would be John Jones. And then afterwards, it would be Sergey Pavlovich. And people were like, Sergey Pavlovich, why are you talking about this guy? Have you seen the win streak he's been on recently? Five first round KO TKOs? Like, that, that, that's, that's insane to me. And it's not like he's doing this against no, no ones. His past two wins have been against Derek Lewis and Tai Tuivasa. Two legit top 10 heavyweights. And I just feel like he has so much momentum behind him right now. And I'd love to see how far he can go. And personally, I could see him getting all the way to not only a title fight, but to the championship level. I could see him holding the belt at some point. This guy is a huge risk to many of the heavyweights. And that's why I say, like, I agree with this. Behind Francis Ngannou, Sergei Pavlovich is the best heavyweight in the world. I think if he doesn't get taken down, his opponent is going to have troubles. His only defeat has been that one to Alistair Overeem, which was his UFC debut. So I could understand losing to a legend like Alistair in your first fight with the UFC. There's a lot going on heading into that fight so mentally maybe he wasn't there but afterwards he's proven that he is one of the best in the world at heavyweight right now so i wouldn't be surprised if he becomes the champion at some point even if he fights someone like cyril gun i would say cyril is the more technical striker but man sergey pavlovich hits really hard like this guy has some 
crazy punches and kicks as well so i think this guy is a huge risk to everybody i think the only way to stop him is if you carry the fight past the first round but even then i think he's still go going to be a risk and that's why i understand why people are saying this guy is the next best thing in heavyweight outside of what's going on with Cyril Gonris, John Jones, and Curtis Blades. Honestly, I think, if anything, Curtis Blades could be the guy to stop Sergey. but if he can't do that, then I say is gonna be the next UFC heavyweight champion. Hot take, Islam is better than Habib. I agree with this. As of right now, maybe not because of accolades, I think Habib has done much more, but of course, he's been fighting for longer. But right now, I think I feel like Islam is more well-rounded than Habib. Like, Habib on the feet wasn't the greatest, but Islam is a little bit better. And to be honest, I even think Umar Nurmagomedov is better than the both of them. So it goes to show that in every generation of this Dagestani fight team, the fighters are going to get better because they learn from the previous generation. So this is so this is expected when I see a hot take like this. Islam is better than Habib because Islam is the new generation and he's going to learn from what Habib did. And because of it, we're going to have a better fighter, which is a scary thing to say. But I agree with it. The only thing that's holding me back from saying that Islam is better is accolades, achievements and of course, that's going to take some time. Let's see how long he holds on to that lightweight championship for. If he does it five to six times like Habib has been predicting, then at that point, there is no doubt that he's going to surpass Habib as what I think would make sense of saying Islam is better than Habib. And that's the thing with Habib's career too. Maybe Habib could have gotten there, but his career kind of ended prematurely and we didn't really get to see the full potential of the heights that he could reach. But with Islam, and unless something goes wrong, hopefully it doesn't, I think he could go quite far and possibly, possibly surpass Habib in regards to legacy. So I agree with this somewhat, but we're also going to have to see over time what Islam is going to do with his career. My UFC unpopular opinion, Robbie versus Rory is the most overrated fight. The first two rounds and majority of the third were super boring. The crowd even started to boo them. It wasn't until the last two minutes of the third round that it picked up. Fourth was a banger. The fifth was okay. Definitely an overrated fight in my opinion. I could see the case that they're making in regards to this. I feel like I'm different in regards to my view for this fight simply because I was very nervous for Rory as a Canadian. I wanted him to become the welterweight champion and I've been waiting for him to become that for a very long time. As a Canadian MMA fan, I was looking forward to the next great fighter coming out of Canada after George St. Pierre retired and everyone from Canada and basically in the MMA world were thinking 
it was going to be Rory McDonald. So that was very exciting. So once he finally got that shot and against someone who he lost to before, I said, you know what? This is it. He could get it done. And I think those first two and a half rounds, they weren't the most entertaining because yes, it was just a lot of back and forth trying to feel each other out. But man, I was on the edge of my seat. I was just waiting to see what was going to happen. And I think just in the moment, it was so tense because of that. But I could understand watching this fight afterwards, after knowing what happened, it's not as entertaining anymore. But in the moment of it, with what was on the line, I was a nervous wreck. And that's why I loved it. So the moment Rory hurt Robbie and it looked like he was going to finish the fight, I was going crazy. It was like an all-time high of my heart just bumping out of my chest. So I loved that fight, even though I could agree with what this person is saying about the first two and a half rounds weren't fun. The final couple of minutes in round three, amazing. Round four, amazing. Round five. For me, I think round five is the reason why I don't put this fight as the greatest of all time because Rory didn't win and it ended so anticlimactically. I thought they were going to go to it to the end. But then once Rory lost, I'm like, damn, this guy was so close to becoming the UFC champion and he lost it because he just couldn't give any more. Shout out to these two warriors. They just put it all out there in that fight. But in the end, I wouldn't put it as my favorite because the guy I was rooting for didn't win the fight. But I still love Robbie Lawler as well. I just really want to see Rory win that fight. But in regards to saying it was an overrated fight, maybe, maybe I could agree with it. But personally, I still put it in top five fights of all time. And I wouldn't say that it was boring. I thought it was pretty entertaining for the most part. So I'm kind of like in the middle of this one, to be honest. I would lean more of like, I disagree, but I could also see their case as to saying why it's an overrated fight. Supply and demand proves that the UFC pays the fighters fairly. If you were worth more, somebody besides the UFC would pay you. Fighters desperately need to learn to negotiate their contracts better. I could agree with the negotiating their contracts better. I think uh, fighters just sign whatever because it's the UFC. They want to fight for the best promotion and that's not always the best move to make. But then again, it's like it's it, you're kind of in a position where you're forced to do it, especially if you're a new up and coming fighter who's trying to make a name for themselves. Just being a UFC fighter, being a fighter in the UFC has a lot of value to it. And I feel like they don't care about how much they're getting paid at that point. It's just getting that title brings a lot of opportunities, which is great. But man, I have to disagree with the supply and demand type of thing. Of course, if you're a bigger star, you deserve to get paid more. But I think the problem with fighter pay is that the threshold is threshold is so low. I think the lower end fighters, the up and comers, the new fighters in the promotion deserve to get paid more because in the end of the day, whether you are one of the most popular fighters in the UFC or one of the least popular fighters, you're both receiving brain damage and just a lot of damage to your body in general. And I think 
the price of that needs to be at a good level. I think receiving 10k to show and 10k to win is way too low for that. It's insane in my opinion, especially when these fighters got to pay their team and their training camp for everything that they've done. It's crazy to me that fighters are taking this amount of money for the amount of long-lasting damage that they're taking in these fights. So I think the threshold, regardless of if you bring more or not, needs to be higher. Like, honestly, I think a fighter should not be making anything less than 50k per fight. Like, even that is like pushing it in my opinion. But I think every fighter needs to make at least that amount in a fight because there's just too much risk in their health in comparison to the money they're making. In the end of the day, you can make as much money as you want, but your health is much more valuable. So in regards to what this person is saying, I do agree with them. I agree that the bigger stars deserve to get paid more, but man, I think the lower new up and coming fighters need to get paid more as well just because of what they're putting out there on the line what they're providing for this company in return for their health that's what i think but what do you think what are your thoughts on these mma hot takes do you agree or disagree put it down in the comments down below but that's a lot for now so i'll see you in my next one